0: What's going on? It's Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? It's Wednesday. It's Tuesday, October Tuesday. 24th. It's actually my wife's birthday. And so hey. I should remember this day. Today we're talking about Chevron's hefty handshake. GM's guidance is gone and subprime sliding. really want
1: to who I is and who I Sliding, Sliding and surging. All Sliding and surging. <laughs> repeat right, slide. Slide surges.
0: Can a slide surge? I think
1: it slide can. Slide surge. It sounds like a, beverage. like a. That's like a name of a '90s punk rock band. Slide. <laughs> it really is, right? That's <laughs> anytime. I feel like, like anytime you bring, like slide surge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Anytime yeah. you put two words that seem like they're the antithesis of each other yeah. that have a strong meaning, that's like a, a 90s punk rock band. That'll
0: like do so. it. That'll do it. Hey, uh, we want everybody to know, first and foremost, that tomorrow we are doing our very next Sodo Edge webinar. This format um, is very fun. It's 20, 30 minutes. You learn something and you get on with implementing. It's with our friends at Four Eyes. Uh, the topic is The Struggle is Real. How data is destroying the customer experience. We're gonna four eyes, David Steinberg and Jeff Ramsey of the Orsman Group, uh, which is always great to have someone who's actually implementing, right? Hardcore. Um, here's the deal too: if you attend the webinar, you get a sixty day free trial of the platform. None of this thirty day stuff. We're going sixty days, so you can actually like use it, adjust a little, use it again. <laughs> Right? Like, what can strong, you really do with 30 days? That's a strong days?
1: offering to, to get the four eyes platform for 60 days. Like, there's a lot that comes out of that. For okay. sure. Uh, yeah. Best way to register. Homepage? Go to a so2.com Scroll down just
0: a wee bit,
1: and it's right there.
0: There you go. Uh, we also made, uh, I would say, a seismic announcement yesterday at the end of the day. Big one. Yeah, I, I it's funny because I didn't fully know if we were like talking about it tomorrow night or not. And it just I started getting texts and emails. Um, but we have decided to move a sotocon from September where it's been the last two years to May because we've got a lot of feedback. You know, it's really busy out down in, um in September. So May 14th through 17th, 2024, like open your calendar app right now. Highlight the week and be like a soda con we're gonna have more details coming soon tickets are going live in probably what a couple weeks two weeks
1: yeah i think like a wee little over a week yep end of end of the first week in november tickets should be live ready to go
0: we got so much great feedback about the venue people loved it and we had to convince people like it was one of those things because baltimore doesn't sound like the place where people want to go and just kind of like unwind and relax This event, the Maryland Live Casino and Hotel, is actually uh, BWI Airport south of Baltimore. And then you drive about another five to ten minutes south and you get to the venue. You get to the venue in no time at all. You stay there. They have great food. They have great entertainment. The venue's right there. The hotel's right there. And everyone loved it. And the staff was on point, by the way.
1: Oh, the staff... Uh, like that was part of the experience totally. and you never know what you're, gonna we tried to you're going to expect when you're and planning <laughs> an, an event with a venue, right? You kind of get to know the leadership there at the venue, but then, then you get to know the staff and it's like, oh, wow. I Long mean, point. even just the bell staff was legit, yes. you know, like oh, they bell were staff. caring. Yeah. Ricardo uh, Was
0: it Ricardo? This guy Ricardo. from Argentina, he just wooed so, everybody. Everyone was talking about him the whole week. So um, <laughs> if you are also a sponsor and you didn't weren't able to to budget for it properly or you weren't able to make the time because it was too late to announce, this is your chance. Everybody's doing their budgeting now. Um, May, we want to make sure that you can allocate what you want, get the placement that you want, and participate in the way that you want. Uh, we don't have the sponsor prospectus out now, but if you reach out to um, – what's the best place to reach out if you're A-M-J interested?
1: J at a sodo.com. A-M-J
0: j a m j at a Soto.com. so you can get on the list so you'll be the first to get it when it comes out you can pick all the best stuff actually it's all the best stuff because we really lean in to bring in the value to the sponsors and boy we're That's gonna right. blow the roof off this place this year Tell there you it. go yes, okay all right uh it's time for some news
1: i think let's do it all right we got some
0: news uh if we haven't given the horn
1: <laughs> UAW update
0: all right uh, by the way as as we just had momentum there I am, I keep waiting for the morning when I like open the internet and I like click on, go to like auto news in the morning and it's going to be like the strike deal reached deal reached. Like every morning I'm like, and
1: and all the people (sighs) rejoiced,
0: right? I know we (sighs) actually Jordan Cox, you're listening right now. You need to come up with the trigger pad. We're going to use the celebration trigger pad that we're going to click the moment a deal is reached. Okay. And we hopefully we get the press at three times or maybe it'll just be once and they'll all reach at the same time. But for now it's the, the U a W update. That is Jordan Cox's voice. By the way, GM has pulled back its 2023 profit and EV production projections. The, the ongoing strikes are costing the automaker get this a hefty $200 million a week in October. That's so much money in one week. it's so much and that's just one of them 200 million there's another 200 million so their q3 net income dropped by 7.3 percent uh standing at about 3.06 billion uh though revenues rose by 5.4 percent to reach 44.1 billion that's q3 right the strike didn't come into effect until the end of q3 so we're gonna see uh we're gonna see a thing in q4 maybe uh so they've cost gm 800 million combined for q3 and q4 so far almost to that billion dollar mark, my friend, one more week and we're at a billion. Um, So in this environment, GM's reevaluating its EV strategy. They're probably doing that anyway, prioritizing profit margin over sales volume targets. This actually is a great get out of jail free card for them. Um, So they're stepping away from their aim to produce 400,000 EVs from 2022 to 2024 with the new primary focus to reach 1 million EVs by the end of 2025. Um, You know, so they actually made a plea to the Biden administration saying, reconsider your ambitious emissions and fuel economy standards. Um, Fair enough. And then Paul Jacobson, the, uh, the CFO said, quote, we're not going, we're not, we're just not going to be talking about the interim production goals. We want to make sure we're balancing that against what we see out there. The real focus is getting to 1 million EVs by the end of 2025, alongside hitting our
1: margin targets. Ah, that's a well-spoken from the CFO. It's like, <laughs> hey, we want to do this, but y'all, <laughs> uh, 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 we still got to make some money up There's in this here. Little thing I look at every
0: day, call it a P&L. <laughs>
1: We got stockholders, the whole nine yards. Um, yeah, it's an interesting uh, turn of tune. And just you start to see what, uh, I don't know, I think we're day 41 uh, on on this strike, how that impacts not just what current uh, capacity is, but what future capacity, because there's a whole bunch of catch up that needs to happen. The suppliers have had to lay people off. We're talking about suppliers being bankrupt potentially. And so how do we recover from that and continue with some of the things like EV production that are kind of like sidelined at this point, or or it's just kind of an aside that not people aren't talking about. But this this kind of points to the fact that hey, there's a lot more impact longer term that we can't even see with just our limited view right now. And and you know the the last point of hey, we still got to make money. I think that's the biggest question mark for a lot of these automakers.
0: You know what they say, never waste a good crisis. And I really feel like if I'm putting my corporate strategy hat on this is an amazing opportunity for them to do exactly what they're doing and saying like, you know what? We should really scale back this EV thing because they really weren't allowed to say it before. <laughs> think about it. They weren't allowed that's, to say that. That's absolutely The shareholders true. wouldn't let them say it. The market wouldn't let yep. them say it. Although the, I think they knew it, but now they're like, yep. well, the, the, the strike and uh, all, It's the strike. It's the it's new the COVID, right? Yep. <laughs> it's the strike. It's the strike. Um, let's see. what I don't
1: even know where to go from there because speaking of a bit of a crisis hit it stop
0: Segway. time there you go it's a good one subprime borrowers are increasingly defaulting on their auto loans marking the highest delinquency rate in 30 years man economic challenges interest rate hikes on certain job market they've made newer loans more burdensome singling signaling distress in consumer spending patterns. So basically September's delinquency rate is hit uh, over 6%, which is the highest since 1994. I remember 1994. Uh, as per Fitch ratings, factories, uh, factors, prices, borrowing costs, Federal Federal Reserve stance on rates. S- the issue repos are going up. Cox Automotive projecting 1.5 million vehicle Good seizures mess. this year. That's a lot of cars coming back. Uh, but here's the deal. Some rates are reaching almost twenty two percent now uh, for subprime borrowers. I mean, I don't even know how you borrow on that um, or keep keep that going. economically. and when price
1: average price of used cars is like twenty. Oh grand. man,
0: it's just a it's just a, a compounding no problem. Margaret Rowe, senior director with the asset backed securities group Fitch, commented: "The subprime borrower is getting squeezed. They can often be a first line of where we start to see the negative effects of macroeconomic headwinds. This is not a new conversation."
1: I mean people, it's not a new conversation yeah. but it highlights something that I think a, a lot of people looking at the market have not really been paying attention to and I I will I'll never forget last year a little over a year ago now we're at NAMAD and it was like the first time that I saw Jonathan Smoke clearly articulate what a bifurcated market is mm-hmm. where you had a portion of the market basically not experiencing anything of the macroeconomic headwinds not experiencing any, any of the affordability issues because of, of their economic stance and how much they had in savings. And then a portion of, of this, of society getting just (laughs) obliterated by it. Like no, there's no middle ground. Mm -hmm. And this is where like you, you, you think about the families and the people that are affected by potentially the inability to lend, to, to get lending to the inability to get a car, which then changes their ability to get jobs and get to places. We are, we are actually talking, this was again at NAMAD, we were talking to a young lady that um, that is really hoping to change the game uh, through essentially collision repair. Um, And I can't wait, if you haven't listened to uh, I think we're releasing her um, an in the dirt episode with her, but, she told us about this issue where she's running into so many people that are so reliant now on public transportation that have like public transportation transits of like 45 minutes to an hour. And it totally wrecks their livelihood, Dude. wrecks their stress levels, wrecks wreck their ability to care for their kids well, because they this is how they have to get in into a vehicle because they or get transportation because they can't afford a vehicle. Like that's the stories that a lot of times we don't hear. And that's what this is highlighting up one point five million vehicles uh seized, six point one percent uh auto loan delinquency rate. Those are big numbers for our market. That's I think you just
0: brought up a major point when you talked about like what it does on the derivative effects of not being like having to take public transportation, having to change that lifestyle, especially if you are like accustomed to being able to drive like the, it's hard to go back. Right. Yep. And like, what does that do down market? You know, there's um there are people like Matt Lasher, the West her group and you know, his product streamlined trying to fix or at least address these affordability issues. And he's been saying like, this is coming for a long time. And that's why it's so important that we need to be better at helping, you know, obviously we can't change macroeconomic situations, but as an industry, we can be more attentive and leverage technology and leverage good good sales process and practice to actually fix some of these problems. So, um, you know, this, this one's kind of been teetering for a while, but the fact that it's gone over this way is is a major, major yeah. issue.
1: And, and I, I I don't have the answer here. Like, I don't know as an auto dealership how you can find, you know, the right banking relationships, the right price vehicles that aren't, you know, total loss vehicles or something like that, that, that can get these that can get people in lending situations where they don't have issues down the road. Um, it is a, it's a hard task to take. So if any, and look, if anyone's solving for that, please hit us at crew at a because we would love to highlight the story of how you're caring for customers in that way, because this is a massive part of the market that we need to uh, be paying attention. I'm trying
0: to. let's, so that means if you are buying a $20,000 car, I just did a quick calculation, $20,000 car, is approaching $600 a month at
1: 22%. That yeah. is,
0: that's a tough swing. And how I'm many,
1: 20, $600 a month car payments
0: <laughs> for $20,000 not... car, you know what a $20,000 no. car gets you these days, right? You're probably right. still going to have some repairs and all that other stuff. Absolutely. You are. Well, it's good to be aware, good to be empathetic. And uh, hopefully we can come up with some solutions and uh, get some things going to help, help out that sector. Um, this is like a totally opposite story. Different business sectors? We've gone from I don't like know. struggling in subprime loans and getting that horse to like the opposite side. So, uh, speaking
1: of the opposites, Stop. Yep. Segway. Time. U.S. oil producer Hess Corp. You've probably seen a couple of their trucks on the road out there. Originally founded by Leon Hess, has been acquired by Chevron Corp. in a deal spearheaded by Leon's son John Hess. The all-stock transaction values Hess at $171 per share. Post-acquisition, John Hess, the long-standing CEO of Hess Corp, is slated to join Chevron's board and is uh, has intentions to stay in the, keep the family stake uh, in the company. Hess Corp, uh, they, listen to this, this is a wild a story, girl. but it traces back to Leon Hess's buying a secondhand truck during the Depression and delivering fuel oil during the Depression. What's crazy is now, the company's sale to Chevron values the family stake at approximately $5 billion. Not bad, Grandpa. <laughs> Whoa, not bad, not bad. Um, the John Hess, alongside family trusts and members, holds 29.2 million shares in Hess Corp. A uh, considerable portion of these shares, over 25 million, are associated with the trusts, the Hess Foundation, and other entities, um, uh, su- suggesting that the family might not directly own a significant part of these shares. Um, yeah, so, dividends for the this is this is another stat. Wow. Dividends for Hess shareholders. So, if you were a shareholder, we'll see a jump from the current dollar seventy five to six dollars and on. fifty cents heck? a share next year. What? <laughs> so, there's totally I, the
0: story in here is like an entrepreneurial story. Oh, right! It's, it, it's so good that you know, Grandpa saw an opportunity. He saw a need. He made it happen. Right? A used truck. Probably, probably. I didn't even wonder what his interest rate was. But either way, um, he bought this probably new similar truck. similar to what they were now, probably, what they are now. Probably. Yeah. Um, and then he's his son runs the company. He's been running the company since 95. And now it's time to migrate out. And it just reminded me so much of the industry when you were talking about this, the auto industry, just like a family business that leveraged hard work, leveraged solving a need, and even made those little trucks that we used to get for christmas i wonder how that works into the deal because no one wants a chevron truck right right yeah i mean i wonder i wonder how actually i wonder how that keep IP the brand right is you factored in brand like is that a licensing deal probably with a toy maker
1: oh yeah without a Gotta doubt th- these are the There's questions no we mean,
0: really need answers these are the too. questions
1: we should have gotten you the answers.
0: <laughs> i know we're sorry we failed you this morning hey just remember to sign up for that four eyes webinar so you can get free 60 days use of the um, of the platform kyle and i'll be there tomorrow go to soda.com scroll down register we'll spend a few minutes together tomorrow until then go have a tuesday